0: This is Ethan, and I'm here with Dave, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird
1: Al podcast, episode 160-inch. On this episode, we present an interview Ethan recorded back in 2011 with Weird Al's longtime guitar player Jim Kimo West. It's
2: Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al
3: podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch. Weird Al Podcast. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. Inch. Weird Al you don't have to listen, but we're glad you are.
0: Well, we hope everyone enjoyed the little break for my birthday, but we're back this episode with yet another classic interview
1: from my Weird Al radio show archives. Oh yeah, these Ethan archive interviews are so much fun for me to hear for so many reasons, of course. But I just love how they are a time capsule of Weird Al events as they were unfolding in 2011. That's right around the release and excitement of the Apocalypse album.
0: Yes. Well, and plus, everyone gets to hear exactly what I sounded like when I was still in college, but already knew everything. But first, it's time for What's Happening in Weird Al-Related
1: News! Weird Al is still out on the road for his unfortunate return of the ridiculously self-indulgent ill-advised vanity tour, and this week he will be in Las Vegas for three shows at the Venetian Theater starting
0: tonight! This is the first and only time on this tour that Weird Al will be
1: playing at the same city and venue three times. And it'll be really interesting to see how the set lists shake out. Will there be three entirely different shows?
0: You might even say that the set lists, well, they're all shook up. You might, but I wouldn't. Well, I know what happens in Vegas is supposed to stay in Vegas, but... Dave, you and I have tickets to all of these Vegas shows this week, and we plan to record ridiculously self-indulgent bonus episodes for each show. So you get to hear
1: all about them, even if you're not here in Vegas. And if any of you will be at any of these shows, please stop by and say hi to Ethan and myself. Oh, and speaking of
0: ridiculously self-indulgent bonus episodes, our intern Frank has been posting a bunch of those ridiculously self-indulgent bonus episodes recently. Currently, bonus episodes through 14 centimeter are available to listen to right now on Patreon,
1: with more to come shortly. Be sure to join the coolest group of cool people ever who get to hear bonus episodes early over at Patreon.com slash 2000inch and earlier this week, the cheapskates, I mean, the general public, were treated
0: to ridiculously self indulgent bonus episodes 12 centimeter and 13 centimeter. Our reviews of Weird Al shows in Ridgefield, Connecticut, and Huntington, New
1: York. All right, now it's time for what's happening in Burrito, Burrito related news. Take it away, Ethan.
0: This episode is brought to you in part by Vegan Burrito Restaurant, Burrito, Burrito in Troy, New York, home of the two pound double wrapped in quesadilla, Burrito, Burrito, and Wizard Burger in Albany, New York. Come on down to Burrito, Burrito, and Burrito, Burrito, your Burrito, Burrito, or hop on over to Wizard Burger for mouth-watering loaded, dare I say beefy vegan burgers. From Troy to Albany to Uranus, Burrito Burrito and Wizard Burger, feed the hungry with out of this world, plant-based real food, always vegan style. Visit burritosquared.com and wizardburger.com to order ahead. And now it's time for what's happening in Grammy Award winning Jim Kimo
1: West related news. Take it away, Dave. Well, unfortunately, Grammy Award winning Jim Kimo West tested positive for COVID-19 again, so he has been playing concerts from backstage for several shows.
0: Now, he seems to be in good spirits, and Al's even been having some fun with the situation, calling him Invisible Jim
1: on stage. From all of us here at Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, we wish Invisible Gym a quick recovery, and we wish everyone out there to stay safe and stay healthy.
0: In other Grammy Award-winning Invisible Gym-related news, his most recent CD, Ka Haonua Maluhia Peaceful World, recently won... Best Acoustic Album in the One World Music Awards. I'm positive that award will look really nice on his mantle next to his Grammy Award. If you haven't already, you can pick up the album over at
1: JimKemoWest.com. From all of us here at Dave and Ethan's 2000 Weirdo Weird Al podcast, congratulations, Jim Chemo West. Congratulations! Well, with all that chemo news out of the way, Ethan, why don't you tell us a little bit about this interview before we take a listen to it?
0: Way, way back when I was a little bitty boy. I mean, you were old enough to drink and all the other perks of being a 21-year-old. I guess I wasn't really a little bitty boy. Well, anyway, as you may know, I hosted a weekly comedy interview radio show called Alternative to Sleeping with Ethan Allman on WCDB 90.9 FM and Comedy Pipe Radio. And now... I was so lucky each band member, including Al, at one point or another, joined me on the show right around the time of the Apocalypse album and the Apocalypse tour.
1: And amazingly, we are very close to the 11 year anniversary of when this first aired, June 14th, 2011. All right, Intern Frank, let's time travel back almost 11 years.
4: Listening to Alternative to Sleeping, the special Weird Al edition of Alternative to Sleeping, and uh, I've got a really special guest on the phone. Please welcome uh, the guitarist for Weird Al, Jim West. Jim, how's it going? Hey, how's it going, Ethan? I'm I'm well. I'm doing great. Uh, thank I, I really appreciate you calling in. This is uh, very exciting. No
3: worries at all.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, tell me how you, uh, you know, first joined the band.
3: Well, um, let's see. Geez, it goes back a long time. It's the early '80s, actually. Um, I had uh, moved from Florida to um, Los Angeles, you know, to uh, you know, to further my career in music, and right. um, and I was friends with Steve back in Florida, Steve J, and he, um, we used to play in a band together back in those days. He had moved out here, and he, uh, I guess, he met Al when, back when Al was doing his very first record and the uh, one with Rocky Road on it.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And, uh, you know, he uh, called me one day and said, you know, mentioned Al and that, uh, um, that you know, he was looking to put a band together, and I was thinking, oh, you know, I'd, I'd almost never heard of Al, but then I had realized that back in Florida at a, at a show I was playing, somebody played another one rides the bus over the sound system, and I just, I remember going, what is that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then when, so... So when Steve mentioned that he had met Al, I thought, "Oh, you mean that guy with the accordion?" <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it wasn't uh, you know what I expected to uh, you know to be doing in L.A. when I came out. But I, um, you know, I, you know, you're sort of hungry for gigs, and you th- yeah. thought, "Well, sure, you know, I'll, you know, if he's got some gigs that pay money, I'll I'll go check it out." And so I auditioned for his band. I guess they had a couple other guys come down and play. And, and then Al called me and said, "Oh, well, you're the guy," you know. And and you know, at the moment, it, at that time it wasn't uh anything groundbreaking. It was like I right. uh, was like, "Well, you know, he's got a couple of gigs here and there." And then so, you know, we did a couple of gigs and then um and you know, I mean, once I started rehearsing with Al, it was like, "Oh, you know, this this guy is really uh there's really, really smart stuff." You know, I really didn't know much about him and then, uh, yeah. until then, and I was really really impressed with, you know, his uh is, you know, he was a hard, you know, hard worker and really smart about what he was doing and, uh, you know, was very creative, and, you know, so I immediately was very impressed. And um, then soon after that, we uh, went back into the studio to do the record that had It" on it, and, of course, after that, you know, especially with the help of MTV, you know, Al became much more popular, and we were traveling around in tour buses and getting picked up in limos and things, and <laughs> so, uh, you know, at that point, it became like a real, a real yeah. thing.
4: I'm sure when you joined The band initially You didn't think That it would lead To a 30 year Plus career Well certainly
3: Yeah I don't think Anybody did You know yeah. But you know it was, it was fun And we all We thought Well you know It's You know We'll just Of course keep doing it While it's fun And it's working And um, and it just Has never stopped Being You know Being fun It just keeps uh, Getting better actually So Yeah Yeah so and And of course You know I think The reason for that Is that every time Al does a record He kind of Basically introduces himself to a new a new demographic, a new set of fans, a different right. you know younger younger fans, and uh, you know we were at a gig the other night and there were you know five eight year old girls holding up a big sign, we love Weird <laughs> Al, and I was thinking, oh my god, I'm going to be doing this time with, with a, you know with right. a walker or something, you know. <laughs> but uh, no, it's it's amazing. It's um, uh, I and I think that is the reason most most groups. You know, they grow up, they they have a fan base, and the fan base kind of gets older with them and then right. start to stop going to shows and, you know, kind of kind of fizzle out and, you know, unless they're the Rolling Stones or something. But, you know, Al just keeps having a new fan base every time he puts a record out. And um, and it's uh, it's pretty remarkable, actually.
4: Yeah, and, you know, even though, uh, you know, the parodies are very topical, um, you know, I, I started listening when I was six, maybe around 96, and, mm-hmm. you know, I don't... I've not heard most of the original songs for the parodies and I still love the song. So, yeah. You know, it's not just, you know, a gimmicky parody. It's
3: a yeah, legitimate
4: it's, good song.
3: Well, exactly. You know, um, you know, he of course uses the existing music and that's what, what makes it special, uh, you know, uses the, you know, music that's very popular, but right. but you know, in, in many cases I look at his lyrics and and look at the craftsmanship that goes into them, and the thought and the ideas and the comedy, and and you know sometimes when you compare them to the original songs lyrics, you know it's just way better. You know <laughs> it's like, you know the original yeah. song could be, you know just sort of some generic kind of lyric, and of course it's hugely popular because it's you know Miley Cyrus or something right. like that, but. But when you look at Al's lyrics, it's like, wow, this is really well thought out. Much, much more thought out and much (laughs) more entertaining than the original, you know, in my book. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. same with me. (laughs) Yeah, and and in that that sense, I think um, when we play, when we do shows, of course, we do, you know, a lot of parodies that were quite, you know, from way back, you know, and, you know, a lot of the kids have, uh, this has been true for many years. Don't uh, don't even know what that original song is. But Al, Al's treatment is is so solid and so so much a thing of itself that it yeah. doesn't, almost doesn't matter. You yeah. know, it's like you know, even if you don't know the original, it can still be an entertaining song. You know, mm-hmm. so so that works. That's another reason it's worked so well over the years.
4: Yeah. Now, just to go back to the audition, I'm just curious how the your initial audition went. Was it just like Al in Bermuda, and you just. Played for them, or
3: it was um, well. Let's see. Steve was already um okay. Had already been hired because he had, like I said, he was working on the the first record, so he was yeah. there, and it was just yeah. It was Al, St- Al, Steve, and Bermuda, and um, I think I came in to a rehearsal room as some other guitar player was leaving, and you know I'd been given a tape to learn some songs, you know, so I learned a few tunes, and um, and I remember mentioning to Bermuda or mentioning to. Al or Bermuda that uh oh yeah who is you know I said who was playing guitar on the tape? It sounded really good, and Bermuda said oh that 's my brother <laughs> <laughs> who uh, bermuda 's brother is mark ben- uh, um, um, <clears throat> uh... bermuda's brother plays with uh, um, his name's Richard Bennett, he plays with uh, Mark Knopfler okay, and um, has played with a bunch of people people over the years, but anyway, yeah, it was basically just um you know, going in and playing a few tunes, and I think the other thing too was that, uh, you know, that I, uh, you know, have been doing backup vocals for years, so you know, doing a lot of vocals wasn't a problem, and that yeah. was something that uh, that Al needed to to have in a guitar player with somebody who can who can do some singing too. So, mm-hmm. so um, and you know, the fact that Steve and I have been working together, it just kind of worked worked yeah. well together. You know, worked well and just fell into place pretty easily, and. And we were excited to get out and tour around, and even even some of the initial tours, which were very small and low. You know, I mean, like driving around in a station wagon, and uh, or with Steve and I driving the equipment truck and things like that. Yeah, you know, that was still a lot of fun. You know, still good fun, and and uh, and it still is to the, to this day.
4: <laughs> now, were you a fan of the comedy? music before you were in the band?
3: Well, you know, I, I wouldn't say I was a fan, but I, I certainly liked novelty music. I think most people do. I mean, you know, um, yeah. over the years, you know, um, just hearing novelty songs on the radio that, you know, when I was a kid, those were the ones that would, you know, regular music, especially stuff that my parents listened to, didn't interest me at all, but, right. but the stuff that would perk my ears up would be those kind of crazy, wacky novelty songs that would be on the air, you know. so yeah. I, I wouldn't say I was a fan of it, but I, that certainly was the stuff when I was a kid that that really, uh, that, you know, caught my attention more than anything, you know? Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, I certainly, certainly liked that stuff when I was a kid, so. You know, when I got a little bit older and started playing guitar, I think I started playing when I was about 12. You know, then I got started getting more serious about the music part of it, you know? Yeah. But, um, but I certainly, uh, especially, uh, before I started playing guitar, I really, uh, really was always, uh, entertained by, you know, novelty songs. Yeah. And then when I came out to, to Los Angeles, um, Doctor Demento was still on the air, and I used to like listening to that show sometimes at TuneNet, and he was he had like a three or four hour show here in L.A., and um, that was always fun. I always liked listening to it because he had a, you know, you're just going to hear stuff you would never right. hear anywhere else.
2: Right.
4: <clears throat> so, um, I wanted to hear about your your side project.
3: Oh, yeah. Um, that's my uh, Hawaiian slack key guitar project. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's something um, that I've uh, been doing sort of under the radar for a long time. Um I, I first went to Hawaii uh, not soon after I met Al. I think it was probably 1985. We had just gotten off the road with the Dare to be Stupid tour. And, um, you know, it was a long tour over the summer, and uh, a friend of mine invited me to go to Hawaii, you know, to chill out after the tour. And so um, I went to a little town called Hana Maui, a very rural, small town uh, on the East Maui. You know, it takes, takes like two hours to get there. And, okay. you know, it's all, you know, horses and chickens and okay. know, very remote. But, uh, you know, when I, you know, I, and I just fell in love with the place. And also at that point, I uh you know, the place I was staying, they had a lot of records, Hawaiian music records, and especially they had a lot of Hawaiian slack key guitar records. And um, I really just, really, uh, really liked listening to Hawaiian slack key, and uh, I started, you know, I, I could understand a bit of what it was about, you know, it, it involves, it's an old style of playing that Hawaiians developed when they first got guitars, and it's, it involves changing the tuning or slacking the strings down
2: oh, okay. from,
3: from standard pitch into these lower, into chords, and different kinds of chords, and... and um, I was
4: going to ask you what it slack yeah, key was.
3: yeah, so it's really about slacking the strings down. And creating chords out of this tuning as opposed to standard guitar tuning and um you know and so there's a whole history of it and anyway i uh I just really uh loved listening to it and and you know I understood what what was going on with it technically and I just uh something I just yeah initially liked to listen to, but then it started creeping into my repertoire and I started writing slack key songs Um I didn't really start writing until the nineties but I um started writing my own slack key. Style songs and eventually had enough to make a CD and I put my first CD out I think in 1999 that was called Coconut Hat
2: <laughs> but I got a lot
3: of great response and um, a lot of encouragement from people and uh, and including uh, um, you know a lot of the major uh, slack key players in Hawaii the 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 real legends who are still playing I mean I was
2: oh.
3: got you know I felt like I was sort of accepted into the into the ranks, you know, at, uh, early on, and really, uh, you know, so that gave me a lot of encouragement. So I've, you know, I've been doing it ever since. It's just something that brings me a lot of enjoyment. And yeah. uh, But I also, you know, play professionally at the festivals, um, slacky festivals and different concerts and uh, smaller concert rooms, and, uh, especially around Southern California um, and in Hawaii. Um, I, go, I just got back from Hawaii. I was there for a few weeks doing shows over there. Oh, cool. And uh, but you know I'm uh, it's a it's a very small sort of niche yeah thing and um you know there are only a handful of you know there's just a handful of guys who are you know really touring and, and doing that and I'm just really you know honored to be sort of in that in that elite little club yeah. <laughs> of uh, <laughs> of uh, slack key players who are out you know doing it professionally and playing concerts and uh, originally slack key wasn't really a concert thing it was something it was just sort of played at home you know like a back porch type music but but it's become uh it's a it's it's something like i say more more than anything else it's just something that brings me a lot of enjoyment if i'm you know sitting around home just playing my guitar i'll just you know usually be playing something like that and it's uh um it's a lot of fun and usually using the different tunings you know i have you know come up with some of my own tunings and and you uh you know, it's, it's fun discovering all the different possibilities of all the different tunings.
4: Have you been able to incorporate Slack Key into any Weird Al songs?
3: Well, not really, um, <clears throat> although, you know, um, even, and this was really before I ever started playing Slack Key, but we, there were a few songs that, uh, were, you know, used alternate tunings, you know, right? and, and in fact, the very first one was one of the ones that, uh, that I auditioned when I went to audition with Al, I, was given a tape, you know, and there was a song called Happy Birthday, Mm
2: -hmm.
3: and uh, I remember listening to it, you know, starting to learn it, and I was going, hey, that guy, you know, wait wait a minute, this guitar is in an alternate tuning, and, you know, I I could hear what was going on,
2: yeah. and it
3: was in an open D tuning, you know, (laughs) and so, you know, I mean, there's more to Slack key than just the changing the tuning, but um, also later on, we did a song, um, recorded a song called You Don't Love Me Anymore, and, um, which we are doing in the show presently, we're, we're yeah. doing that song. And that is in an alternate tuning, too. Now, you know, that being said, it's not really slack key, but it's... Uh, um,
4: Close to it. You know, it,
3: it's, it's, it's got the... You know, it's an alternate tuning, although I, slack key is more about stylistic. It's besides the tuning, It's there's sort of a lot of stylistic elements that define it, you know. So, you know, I don't really... Bring much of that at all to Al's show, you know. It really—I don't want to be do anything that's out of place, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So, but uh, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's something like I say that's uh, that brings me a lot of pleasure. I bring my acoustic guitar on the road, and I, you know, play a lot of slack key in my hotel room and and you know learn songs and write new songs and this and
4: that. How many albums do you have out of slack? Well,
3: um, I have um, I have four records out, um, primarily. I have a few other ones that were um sort of other projects, but I have four on my own label and um one uh I did in two thousand nineteen in two thousand, the year two thousand uh which was a, a commission from um the National Tropical Botanical Garden on Kauai. That was called Nurturing the Garden. So it's not I don't really include that in my catalogue so much, but it was uh you know, it's all my yeah. music, it's original music, uh and um, and then there was a couple of other projects I've been hired for to do uh, um, for like for CMH Records, and they're not really Slack Key projects; they're more like Hawaiian music projects. So uh, you know, but but you know, as far as my regular catalog um, right now, I have four CDs: uh, Coconut Hat, Slack Key West. There's one called Hawaiian Slack Key Guitar Chemo Style, and I have a Christmas CD called Chemo's Hawaiian Slack Key Christmas, <laughs> and um, that one actually has done quite well. But I um. I do have a new one coming out. I don't have a title for it yet, but it's uh, pretty much all done, and just have to get the package together. But it's uh, yeah, it's uh, it should be out this summer. Great. Yeah. Where
4: does where does the nickname Chemo come from?
3: Well, in Hawaii, um, uh, they often people um, they they often have Hawaiian names for people um, for you know different common regular English type names. Okay. Um, see, they don't. You know, they they only have a certain set of consonants in the language. They don't have a J, for example, in the language. Okay. So they've um, chemo is is basically just anybody who's Jim or James. They call chemo, and then hmm. if you're you know uh, if you're Robert, it would be Lopaka, you know, and et cetera, et cetera. I think even there's a there's a website even where you can go and find your name in Hawaiian. You know, oh, cool. <laughs> but uh, you know, they have approximations. You know, different. Names for, uh, you know, Michael is Mikele, and, you know, there's just uh, different Hawaiian, um, uh, you know, versions of, of common names, you know. And I I, uh, I used to, um, when I first started playing Slack here, I used to go to a Hawaiian language class, and um, because primarily because after the class, they would all sit around and start playing Hawaiian songs. and oh, cool. You know, eating food and, and all that stuff, so I had, that's sort of my... Some of my seminal uh, experiences playing Hawaiian music, but the teacher—they uh, call a teacher a kumu, kumu um, of uh, the teacher of Hawaiian language. Um, when we'd sit around and play, he'd always call me Kimo. You know, so that's okay. where that started.
4: And then just kind language of
3: language teacher
4: transitioned into <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. And basically in Hawaii, everybody just calls me uh, all the at least all the. All the people in the Hawaiian music world over there Call me, know me as Chemo. you know okay. In fact, a lot of people don't even know I play with Weird Al um, Over there, they just oh, know really? me They just know me as the slack key guitar guy <laughs> <laughs> That's
4: great <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny Just like an alternate universe everywhere. Yeah, it
3: is <laughs> It's a totally alternate universe, that's for sure
4: Now, uh, you're actually from Canada
3: Yeah, I was born in Toronto Yeah
4: So, now, does the song Canadian Idiot Offend you?
3: You know, when I first heard he was calling it that, it was like what? You know, and then and then, then once I hear re- heard the lyrics, you know, the thing is, I mean, the, the lyrics are actually, you know, quite yeah. complimentary of Canada. Yeah. It's just a, it's it's just sung from a point of view of a, you know, it's a it's a point of view song, and it's a, you know, it's obviously the, you know, the the, the 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 person singing it is kind of a caricature, you know. So, yeah. but it's it's very funny, and, yeah. I, and I actually really enjoy playing it because it's a. It's a rockin' song. Yeah. like You know, I like to, to jam out on the rockin' songs more than anything else.
4: Now, for the original songs, are you, you know, do you write the all the guitar stuff yourself, or does Al kind of have an idea? Well, you know, he it?
3: usually has an, uh, a stylistic idea um, of how he wants it to sound.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, a
3: lot of the original songs he'll, you know, sometimes are, are style parodies where, like, for example, Dare to be Stupid is an obvious Devo-type right. song, song right. written in the Devo style some of them are a little more subtle but um you know he'll uh provide you know some stylistic references you know but he won't you know he you know he'll he'll uh, <clears throat> let me you know pretty much come up with my own parts but you know he's he's got an idea of what he wants it to sound like he wants it to he might say oh on this part can you do something like you know like like what they're doing on this record here this kind of sound or mm-hmm. you know he he'll he'll have some input you know
2: okay
3: and um but you know, I, you know the final parts are you know uh, I pretty much come up with you know. Cool.
4: Now I'm, I'm very curious about the Yoda chant. Um, mm-hmm. You know how how much practice goes into that?
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, if you were having to learn it all, on you know from from the beginning to the end for the first time, it would take a huge amount of practice. But yeah, it started off very short. And um, we've just added to it over the years, you know. So we keep adding more sections to it, you know. So, you know, it's not that hard. We just basically learn a new part, and then. Would you uh, say
4: like every tour you add a new one?
3: Yeah, more or less. Yeah, and we uh, we add a uh, you know add something else in there, change it a little bit. So it's not you know if you had to learn it all from the beginning just for the first time that would be just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would be a lot lot to remember, but. Uh, but yeah, we've added on to it over the years so it's uh it's you know, it started off with this um Indian chant. It's not really a chant, it's really a, a musical vocalization when they you know right. that, that people use when they're studying um Indian drumming, you know, like tabla playing and stuff. They they learn a lot of the traditional songs by learning them vocally first, you know, the vocal yeah. sounds represent different attacks on the drum and they you know, and then once they get the technique on the drum, then they they already have that memorized. But um, but anyway, yeah, it, it's it's just sort of grown over the years, and uh, you know we've added to it over and over again. And uh,
4: now I know uh, Al pretty much writes all the lyrics for the Yoda chant. Do you mm-hmm. guys get input, or is it just him?
3: Oh yeah, you know we've had it. We I mean in the early days we would be riding around, sitting in the back of the bus, and coming up with you know, <laughs> you know brainstorming, coming up with crazy ideas. You know. But uh, you know, sometimes he'll just present an idea, and uh, um, but oftentimes he throws it out there, and you know, to see if anybody's got any good ideas. You know, we've we've all sort of contributed to it a bit.
4: I think for the live shows, that and then the uh, the shockwave jump and the fat song; those are like my two favorite (laughs) (laughs) parts of the show. Yeah,
3: (laughs) yeah, there's some good stuff in there, (laughs) and the new show will be uh, you know we'll be doing a. Uh, a new show starting in uh, early July. Right. Um we'll be adding some new songs and um but uh, yeah, it should be fun.
4: I'm I'm definitely looking forward to seeing you guys uh, do all the new stuff.
3: Yeah, 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 it's going to be good. I think the show is just getting better and better.
4: Oh, absolutely, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I think I must have been 9 when I saw my first one.
3: Oh my god. And uh,
4: <laughs> <laughs> and then I I guess I've just been a big fan ever since and uh Maybe that's why I went into comedy and all that stuff. So I think you guys corrupted me. <laughs> well,
3: you and you and Jimmy Fallon. I mean, he 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 told us when we first met him that you know that Al was his first concert and that he uh, you know was inspired to do comedy from Al. His his original comedy stand-up routine was with a guitar, doing funny songs, and yeah, and uh, he still does that. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, Jimmy Fallon was a guy who was. You know, who claims, you know, who credits Al as being his main influence for wow. getting into comedy. It's actually kind of funny to be on his show and he's like just gushing you know, <laughs> you know and it's like we're we're like, Oh my god, here's Jimmy Fallon, he's this huge star and we're like and he's like looking you know, the is the reverse, he's looking at us like, Oh my god, these guys yeah. are you know, my idols <laughs> or whatever. It's very strange.
4: Now, uh, Al's doing an appearance coming up. Are you guys gonna be playing that?
3: Um, I don't think the band will be on the Jimmy Fallon thing. I think he's going to be just doing something with his accordion, or else maybe with the Roots with the, with the house oh, okay. band. I'm not sure. But um, last time we did a number by ourselves with a band, and then he did something with the Roots. But I don't think the band is going to be on it this time. Okay. Not sure why, why or what that's all about. But yeah. But. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, it's. Uh, I think, well, uh, we are going to be doing an- another TV show up there um, in New York, uh, taping pretty soon in a, in a few days. Cool. And uh, so we'll be up there doing doing that.
4: Jim, I, I really appreciate uh, you know you doing the interview and everything else you've done for me. Oh no worries, no worries. Any time, anytime. anytime. Yeah, I uh, I'm just very excited about the album and the. Uh,
3: yeah coming out soon I think yeah. it's June June 21st yep. so that's uh, any day now any day yeah. now and um, yeah I think it's a great record and it's uh I think it should do really well it's a great looking package I just saw got a preview of uh, the final package and it looks fabulous so we're excited about it.
4: Do you have a favorite song on the new record well I just I guess just, just overall the whole, whole catalog oh, yeah God. is there a favorite one to perform maybe?
3: That is really, really tough, you know. I mean we over the years there's just been so many songs, you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I say, I guess I like, you know, for me the the sometimes the most fun ones are the real rocking ones, because, um, you know Yeah. I started playing in rock bands when I was sixteen so, you know, I still have that <laughs> still have some of that in me, but uh you know, I I can't really think of any particular favorite, you know, that's uh there's just been so many over the years. It's it's uh well then, R- really hard to pick one.
4: Well then, we'll narr- narrow it down to the new album. Is there a favorite on there?
3: On um, the new album? Oh, wow. Hmm.
4: Is that too hard to?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, I don't know. I'm do you dislike the that.
4: songs that you don't play on? <laughs> What's that? Do you dislike the songs that you don't play on?
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the thing is, I'm I'm involved with the songs, even if I'm not playing guitar on them. I do a lot of production on the record. Oh, okay. Um, you know, like as far as like if it's a heavy synth song like White and Nerdy. Then uh, you know I have a studio and I do a lot of
2: programming oh,
3: okay. and the you know the, the tracks for that. Cool. So so I'm involved as a you know as a hip hop producer too involved <laughs> in this stuff. But uh, if I'm not playing guitar, but uh, so I, you know I get involved in most of the songs in one way or another. But um. So. But you know with the with the way music trends are nowadays, there are a lot of hit songs that have no guitar. Right. And so um, you know I'm often uh, often doing you know computer duties on the record so so but uh yeah i don't know you know there's there's so many of them i mean uh, uh some of the you know a lot of the uh parodies are so good and um do you want
4: to just name one song that you like it doesn't have to be your favorite
3: <laughs> i don't know you know well i you know um jeez
4: out of the six that have been released so far <laughs>
3: Let's see what else what has been released so far. I'm
2: trying to think about Skipper of Dan,
4: the, uh, Born This Way, mm-hmm. uh, Ringtone, CNR, um, Craigslist, and um, whatever well, you like.
3: You know, I don't know. I, I do kind of like Craigslist. It's just it's such a throwback to the '60s. Yeah. There's uh, something just kind of kind of special about it, you know. And the fact that it's all you know, live playing as opposed to a lot of programming and that kind of stuff, you know, there's something yeah. kind of cool about that, you know, that, that, that I do like a lot, you know, yeah. and that is, you know, uh, so I'll have to go with that, and it's also fun to play live, too, you know.
4: <laughs> it's, it's really great to hear live.
3: Yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's very old school, and that's kind of fun, you know. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Well, Jim, I, r- I really appreciate you coming on. No worries, anytime, Ethan. And, uh, where, where can we, uh, check out your side project stuff?
3: Well, uh, my web website is jimkimowest.com. dot com. It's j i m k i m o w e s t dot com, and there's links there to you know CDs and my music and uh, my gig schedule and you know all that kind of stuff. Right. And there's also if you go Jim Chemo Kimo- if you search Jim Kimo West on YouTube, there's a lot of stuff that people okay. have posted from you know shows and a few things that I wish people wouldn't have posted, but you know that's <laughs> what you get. <laughs> It's like, oh, there was a big mistake there. Yeah, <laughs> no, but, oh, uh, yeah, but there's a lot of stuff on YouTube and then also my website.
4: Oh, cool. Jim, yeah. thank you so much. All uh, right. Uh, well, have a great day, Ethan. You too. Thanks, Jim. Okay. Aloha. That was Jim Kimo West, and uh, special thanks out to him. He's a uh, great guy. It's, uh you know, my favorite guitar player, so I really appreciate him calling in.
1: Well, that was really exciting. Thank you so much for sharing that with us, Ethan. And a huge thank you to Jim Kimo West and Alternative to Sleeping with Ethan Allman. Whoa! Hold on now, intern Frank. We're
2: just
0: not ready for that kind of a commitment this episode.
1: I know we've got a lot of calls to get to on the 347 Spatula Hotline, the official hotline of Dave and Ethan's 2000 Weird How podcast, but we're a little bit pressed on time here, so they are just going to have to wait for a future episode.
0: But the kind of commitment we are ready for is this week's episode is brought to you in part by Discover Darwin, promoting tourism in Darwin, Minnesota. Not only is historic Darwin,
1: Minnesota uh, beautiful, it's also not invisible. Not only does the city of Darwin, Minnesota exist, it also appears on many maps.
2: Wow,
0: that's incredible. Okay, so if I had a map of Meeker County, Minnesota, would Darwin be on that? Yes, it would. Okay, well, that makes sense. But what if I had a map of Minnesota? Well, I mean, if it's a detailed enough map, it
1: should be there. Okay, how about a map of the United States of America? I mean, possibly, if it's a really good map made by a really good reputable company, I mean, they should definitely include Darwin.
0: Ah, but what about maps of Canada? I mean, that's possible if they also show bordering states. Okay, okay, so that makes sense. But what about the 1893 map of the square and stationary earth that claims that the earth is flat? Sure, wait, what? Is that even a real thing? So visit Darwin, Minnesota on your next mapping expedition. Discover Darwin more than just the twine ball. And after you visit Darwin, Minnesota, be sure to visit discoverdarwin.biz.
1: This is a special alert to the Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast broadcast alert system.
0: Oh, who sponsors the hamsters on Dave and Ethan's show? It's Jack Bateman. Squishy and mellow and named after me. It's our hamsters. If furry hamster nonsense and Weird Al talk something you wish. Weird Al podcast. You'd probably also think Twinkie Wiener sandwiches are delish. Dave
1: and Ethan. Dave and Ethan. Dave and Ethan. Dave and Ethan's. 2000-inch Weird Al podcast.
0: That is all for this week's Hamster Report via the Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch
1: Weird Al Podcast broadcast alert system. Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al Podcast is brought to you absolutely free thanks to our incredible sponsors, Brito Brito, Discover Darwin, Jackson Scoggins, and Jack Bateman. Our podcast is also supported by
0: everyone in our Patreon family, with special thanks to our amazing close personal friend-level Patreon supporters, Gus and Alicia, Jake, UH Jeff, Kenneth, Scott, Zeb, Adriana, Allison, Blair, Frank from the bank, Rim Jams, Jared and Rocky, Javier, Nancy, NES Josh64, and also thanks to our newest Patreon supporters, Flip the Table, Red State Update, and Adrian, and everyone else in our pretty stinking majestic Patreon family. If you
1: enjoy our family-friendly, wild, and wacky Weird Al podcast, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash 2000inch. There are awesome benefits like getting your name on the podcast, your very own private RSS feed, and access to secret episodes. And now would be a really good time to join if you have not already, because you will be the very first to hear our The Unfortunate Return of the Ridiculously Self-Indulgent Ill-Advised Vanity Tour Concert Review Bonus Episodes.
0: And don't forget to check out our official merchandise over at shop.2000inch.com. The unfortunate return of the ridiculously self-indulgent ill-advised Vanity Tour is underway, so make sure you get your orders in today. I just put in my order for my very own We Hate Intern Frank shirt. I want everyone at the concert to know exactly how I feel about our lousy, rotten, farting intern Frank.
1: We love hearing from our listeners and other Weird Al fans. Join our Facebook community and post about Weird Al by visiting group.2000inch.com as well as our brand new Discord for even more riveting Weird Al-related conversations. Plus, we also love it when we receive voicemail via our official patent-pending 27-hour-a-day podcast hotline, 347-spatula. Give it a call, and you might even hear your message in a future episode.
0: And if you've already called, you might even hear your message on the next episode. For everything about our podcast, including incredible past episodes and guests, be sure to visit WeirdAlPodcast.com or 2000inch.com. And while you're there, click on Ridiculously Self-Indulgent Bonus Episodes to follow along with our adventures on tour. Or you can even click Black and White and Weird All Over Bonus Episodes for our special bonus episode book series where author John Bermuda Schwartz walks us through his
1: book page by page and picture by picture. Keep up on new episodes, podcast news, and events by following at 2000inch on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And thank you for subscribing and leaving reviews on your favorite podcast app. Make sure you are subscribed because not only does it help the podcast, it prevents you from itching like a man in a fuzzy tree. Thank you once again to Invisible Jim, a.k.a. the Grammy Award-winning Jim Kimo West, Ethan Ullman, Alternative to Sleeping with Ethan Ullman, WCDB 90.9 FM, Comedy Pipe Radio, Jeremy Samples, and Cat O'Carroll. And thank you to the Grammy Award-winning Jim Kimo
0: West for our incredible podcast theme song, and thank you to Weird Al Yankovic, as this podcast probably would not exist without him. And a big thanks to all of you, our listeners, subscribers, Patreon supporters, and sponsors, and everyone else who makes our podcast possible.
1: Thank you once again for choosing Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. And until the very next time, remember to gill and chill.
0: Dave, I'm so excited to spend this week with you in Las
1: Vegas. Me too. I cannot wait to show you all around so you do not miss anything.
0: Oh, you mean like the Weird Al concerts tonight, Friday, and Saturday?
1: Of course. And while we're on the subject of Weird Al in Las Vegas, why doesn't someone in Las Vegas just give Weird Al his own residency there already? Sheesh!
0: I mean, seriously, who would you rather see, Weird Al or a bunch of naked dancing
1: ladies? Oh, hold on a minute. Is that a thing you can see in Las Vegas? Yeah, of course. Ah, wow, I don't know if I can go to any of the Weird Al shows this week anymore. Wait, Dave, why not? Because it says here there's an Australian Elvis Presley tribute magic show on ice. I've been meaning to check that out. That was Dave and Ethan's
0: 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 160-inch. Talking to
1: Grammy Award winners since before they were... Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast.
0: Ooh, I've been meaning to check that out.